Welcome to the Peaceful Entrepreneur Podcast, where together we're learning how to have peace in the process of everyday business ownership by improving one step at a time how we think and what we do. I'm your host, Amy Stout. There is a counterintuitive topic in business that I have mentioned quite a few times throughout this podcast, and I have decided to have a whole episode about it today because it's just that important and I think it's something that requires a lot of reframing because it's so counterintuitive and that concept is finding a niche in business. It is so easy to think, oh my gosh, I should offer my services to as many people as possible and offer as much as possible because that is going to increase my chances of landing someone and increase my possibility for income. Though that's the natural process, it's just not true. Like you get into business and you quickly realize it's just not true. The longer that I spent trying to serve everybody doing everything, all I found was I got more chaotic and less peaceful within myself. And I wasn't landing as many clients as I could have. And I wasn't landing my ideal clients because I hadn't figured out what that was. (laughs) So today we're just working on reframing this concept and switching it to if I can narrow in on a specific target client in a specific way that I am going to serve them in a way that fits what they need and what I want to give, I will get more business. And my guest today, Julie Davis from Tiny Buffalo Consulting, which you will hear the story behind that cute name. She shares her experience of being in business for eight years and just in the last year or so, really finding her niche. And she shares not only how that affected the her business itself, her income, her ability to acquire new clients, but also how it affected her internally in her mind, in her heart, and how she felt. So without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Julie. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to the first podcast episode that I'm recording since I rearranged my office and we have a new backdrop. <laughs> Looks good. Oh, thanks. And uh, a work in progress, but hey, it's a little bit better than just a bunch of junk behind me. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the new backdrop and you can also see that I have my lovely friend Julie with me, who I have known since I was a child, which is crazy <laughs> to think about. <laughs> And God brought our paths back together. So thank you for being on the podcast, Julie. Oh, thanks. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) Our story is special to me. Obviously, first of all, met you through your husband being the pastor of my church. And I think that you were having your fourth in that time. Like I remember you having him as a baby. Oh, I was very pregnant at that time. Yes. Yes, I do. I was large. And y'all were at the church for quite a few years and Mm -hmm. then ended up moving to Mm -hmm. a different city. So we kind of lost touch, you know, social media, whatever. But even more special than that is you were my very first ever client to sign with my business. Yes. I love it. I love holding that title. (laughs) And the fact that you're 
still, you do need a plaque. I need to send you an award. <laughs> and you're still a client two and a half years later through all of this transition that I've gone through, you happen to have gone through transition that still fits with what we do, which is so cool. Yeah. And I, you know, the reason I'm still a client, Amy, is because you're amazing at what you do. You're sweet. <laughs> so <laughs> I never have to worry if I'm handing something off to you. And I feel like that's so huge for a business owner. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm still hanging in there two and a half years later. <laughs> you're the best. I think I might clip that and put it on my website. <laughs> Good. Do it. Oh my gosh. You're so sweet. Well, I love working with you and, um, we're so excited to be producing your new podcast, which I cannot wait to launch. I'm not sure if this is going to come out. I can make sure this comes out after you launch if you want. <laughs> so that we oh, could, that's okay. We can it's tease right. it. We'll just yeah. tease it. Everyone get excited for Julia. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but that kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, which is your journey of niching into your specific place in business that you're at right now. And I obviously have been on it. Everybody, every business owner goes on this journey of figuring out what their niche is. I think I had a hard time allowing myself to narrow down because I'm such a like, well, if I can do everything, I should type person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've had to reroute that. And so I would love for you to just share your story of how you started in business, where you started, and where you've come now. And then we can dive into how choosing a very, very specific niche has made your business better. So go ahead. Sure. <laughs> so um, I've been in some form of content marketing for eight years. And particularly in the beginning, very part-time, uh, very one-off projects. Uh, and then I started getting a regular flow of clients, but I um, wasn't tiny Buffalo at that time. So I'll, I'll share that in a minute, but I was just, you know, a sole proprietor, uh, you know, working under my name. And, um, but I had, when I, once I got a bigger influx of clients, I had all sorts of different types of clients. So I did content marketing for a civil engineer. I did content marketing for a marketing agency owner. I did content marketing for <laughs> um, a financial consultant. I did content marketing for, let's see, there's other people, education consultants. Um, I've worked with real estate agents and I've worked with fine artists and, um, I love the creative aspect of my job. So generally was focusing on social media marketing, email marketing, um, some website stuff, not website design, but you know, upkeep maintenance, that sort of thing. And I did love that aspect, but I did find myself sort of feeling like I couldn't serve my clients well because I couldn't, I didn't have the bandwidth to dive deep into all of their industries. And I feel like to represent a company well, a small business well, you really need to know about the industry. And I was feeling like I was falling short. And in particular, some particular clients where I just really, the only knowledge I had of the industry was like their blog or, you know, the content they were putting out, but there was a, a lack of understanding of 
you know, the industry at large. So first of all, I didn't feel like I was being able to dive deep the way that I wanted to. Um, and then secondly, that led to me feeling like I wasn't doing a very good job sometimes because I didn't understand the whole industry. But what happened is <clears throat> I was working with a fine artist in the mix at the time, and I am now only serving fine artists for the most part. <laughs> it's like 90% of my clientele. Um, and it's actually a mutual friend of ours. And we uh, were friends. So she was very honest with me about her frustrations. Um, she wanted to sell more art. She was fairly successful, but wanted to sell more online straight from her studio directly to the buyers instead of having to go through a third party. And so I just listened to her for, for a while and we tried some different things and I started understanding what she was facing and what other artists were facing as well. And at the same time, the way that people sell art was changing. There was a, there was starting to be a much more like heavy reliance on digital marketing techniques instead of just selling through third parties. And so, and really, which is weird because like this has really been in the last five years, like art has been sold in one way for so long. Um, and it's still important to be sold in that way you know, in some ways still, but there's this whole new way. And so she was really wanting help figuring out how to sell art in this new way um, uh, online. And so I had some success with her. Like I helped her solve her problems that she was having for a really long time. And I was like, man, I really like this. Like it just was, uh, <clears throat> It just was something that was resonating with me personally because I was able to see like point A to B to the ending at C. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm starting to get this. And then art is something that I've always enjoyed personally as a person. Like every city I visit, the first place I go to is the art museum. Like, it, so for me, it was like this real um, collision of like my content marketing gifts and something that I'm really passionate about personally. And so once we had um, started seeing success, I was like, okay, like what you said earlier, like I feel like I really need to niche down to just artists because it's what I enjoy and it's because I can really dive deep into this industry and understand it as a whole and feel like I can do a better job. Um, but it was scary because it was like, oh, but like that, like narrows my client base or, you know, it just felt like I could really be cutting off real sources of income, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's probably the biggest reason people don't niche. Yeah. They yeah. feel like they're yeah, cutting off possibility. Yeah. And, and so it took me a while. <laughs> it definitely took me a while. And I would say it was more of an organic transition rather than, oh, now I'm only working with artists, you know, and like booting out my other clients. It did not happen that way. But it, as I was having um, 
more success with Cheyenne, like other artists were like reaching out to me. And I then, then I kind of rebranded, you know, and while I still had some of these other clients, my Instagram page became about serving artists. All my content became about serving artists. I still had some people reaching out to me that weren't artists, but in general, I started having a lot of artists follow me and um, I was able to kind of shift and niche down to just working with artists and eventually uh, changing up my website to only speak to artists. And so it didn't feel like this like really stark decision. Like one day I was doing this and the next day I was doing this, but it's taken probably about a year, but it's been, um, I am again, probably working 90% of my clientele is just fine artists. I think that that is so wise and such a good way to do it is just to let it naturally transition because I'm, my brain is so like, okay, I have to decide it and then change it and then everything will follow. And it's like, you have, it's actually probably going to be way better if you just see for a little bit, like you were experimental, you were patient and you weren't pressured to have the exterior match exactly what was going on on the interior until you actually were super sure that it was yeah. going to work well and be a good fit. Right. Yes. And, and I'm not sure like that's the best way, but I feel like, yeah, I sat back and kind of watched and kind yeah. of let it play out. And it was a little bit nerve wracking, but <laughs> I think if you, I think I followed my gut though, in that sense, yeah. because I was really feeling like this is direction. I actually had a business coach at that time too. And she was very encouraging, like, don't be afraid. It's okay. And she was like, even if people, even if you're, you're talking about only serving artists, other people still might reach out to you and, and they still did. And so she was right in that aspect. And so, so yeah, but I'm very, if I take on a client that's not an artist, I'm very picky about it. Cause I, I was going to say, what do you tell people if they reach out and they're not artists? Um, that I primarily work with artists <laughs> and, yeah. but if it feels like it's, um, something that my skill set will still work with and it's a, it's a good fit, like relationally, and I feel like I can meet their needs, then I will consider it. But generally, um, it's probably not a good fit. Yeah. So, Okay, this is, a, this is just off the cuff. I thought of this question. So sorry to just throw it at you. But looking back, now that you've, you've been in business, you said for about eight years in some capacity or another. And, is that eight? Did you say eight? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And having only transitioned to where you're at now within the last year or so, how do you feel about the fact of how long it took to get to where you're at? Like, do you feel like, ugh, I wish I would have gotten here sooner or like that was perfect and everything happened for a reason? Like, how do you feel about that looking back? Well, I've actually been working with artists. Well, the first artist I worked with, I've been working with her for three and a half years and I've been working with artists for over two years now. I think it, you know, the journey of my work was organic too, um, because I was, uh, like you said, I have four kids. And so the, the work in the beginning was very part-time. And so, yeah, there was no sort of like, 
when I look back at it, I actually feel like all the different assignments prepared me for what I'm doing now. And I, I don't look back at it and say, oh, I wish I would have been working with artists five years ago, because actually the landscape was very different five years ago in art. Good point. But I feel like it actually was, I think we don't talk about this enough, but like some of the frustrations and some of the challenges and some of the things that um, I really kind of felt like I was on an emotional roller coaster about as a business owner led me to this place. And so you, you need to let in some of the frustration and the doubt and trying things, right? So, cause I tried some things that didn't work um, before I started working with artists and that is like not a good feeling. So I think I try to like content membership um, group and it was okay, but it didn't go the way that I wanted it to, but it was because I was speaking to everybody, not one particular niche. And so my message was getting lost. You know, I feel confident that could have served them well, but I wasn't speaking to one particular need, one particular person. And I had to go through that to understand that. And so while that, that experience was frustrating for me, um, and caused a little bit of doubt. It also is what led me to the next step. Yeah, that's so true. I, you're, as you were sharing your story, I was like picking out just a few different like key things that I have also been talking with other people about and in my experience that I just want to kind of go back to. So, and I'm probably not going to go in order, but the fact that you just sat back and watched and paid attention to where there was a need. You weren't rushing it or forcing it. You were just paying attention. You were paying attention not only to what their need was, but to what you had a passion for. I think that is so important that you are excited about what you're offering just as much as they need what you're offering. (laughs) And you did market research. You asked questions. Like you were talking to your first artist client and like just going back and forth, what's helpful, what's not. Like that is so important because you are not an artist. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you are not in the same headspace as them. So you need to talk to them if you're going to be able to serve them well. And then just the thing that you just said about going through the trial period, like we just have to, that's just life. You can't just skip straight to the success. You have to go through the trial and error and the time and however long it takes is however long it takes. Like no number is bad wrong. And I love where it has brought you to now. Right. And I think, you know, we're, it's easy for us to compare journeys, especially since everything's online, but you never know what bumps along the road or journey that people have had to get them to the place that they are now. And I think the big lesson for me with that is to like, take some risks. Like, yeah, it might not work out, but it also will teach you something and it will also be a pointer to then what you need to do next. And so that's been a hard lesson to learn, but so I embrace risks a lot more now. (laughs) I love that. That's a great lesson. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let's talk about kind of where you're at now. And now that you have made this transition and made the decision and made the external brand shift, but you haven't changed your name. I'm curious (laughs) about that. Um, Let's just go off on a little rabbit hole for a second (laughs) (laughs) on your business name. Because I'm over here like I got to change my business name every time I change my mind about my business. (laughs) I may not have a lot of peace about this. (laughs) (laughs) So where are you at? Because I admire just sticking with something. And Luke has told me, he's like, please, you're not allowed to change it again. (laughs) Ah, That's so hilarious. (laughs) Um. I, so it has nothing to do with art. It really had nothing to do with content marketing either. It didn't. But. <laughs> and that's um, okay. Tiny, it's a cute little story. Yeah. Tiny Buffalo Consulting is just, I feel like who I am. I feel like if I changed it, I don't know. Like what, what would it be? Like I can't. You know, I've thought about yeah. changing it to Tiny Buffalo Art Consulting, but art consulting is a different kind of business. It's oh, like that's um, true. generally, you know, someone who is scoping out pieces of art for a buyer, you know, right. and that's not what I do. So um, I wonder sometimes if it's preventing people from working with me because they just see my name and they don't know what that is. Um, of course, I have a website mm. and Instagram that explains it clearly, but some of it's like a time thing too, just being a mom and a business owner. I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Don't need to change it. But I, it doesn't mean I'll never change it, but it feels like a part of me. And yeah. the story feels like a part of me. And I loved it so much when I landed on that name that it's been hard to, to give up. But I'm not saying it's the wisest move. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that there is something to that because I'm just thinking about the concept. I have been thinking about this a lot recently of the concept of a personal brand and the difference between the business and the personal. And like, if you feel like it's part of you, then that's part of your personal brand. And that's arguably maybe more important with connecting with people than anything else because they attach that with you. And anytime you change it, they would have to re- shift now yeah maybe like adding something on the end of it but i don't know i think it's a hard conversation because you think of like walmart and target and all these businesses that have nothing to do with what they actually are yeah and they're fine so right i know so yeah (laughs) i don't plan on changing it anytime soon but we love tiny buffalo do you want to tell the story really quickly so people can know Um, I was, um, this is sort of when I moved from being a sole proprietor to, um, on the path to incorporating, but I was meeting with a friend who was a good writer and I wanted somebody who could be on my team just on a very part-time basis to write some, at that time was doing a lot of blogging, um, to write some blog articles and we lived in the same town. And so we met and we were friends and uh, we met and she was a writer for a local magazine. So anyway, I was telling her about the opportunity and she said, oh my gosh, this will really help my tiny portfolio. 
And I was like, you're what? You're tiny buffalo? <laughs> and she was like, portfolio. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so the rest of the night, we were just laughing about it. Like we were making jokes about the tiny buffalo, et cetera, et cetera. But the funny thing was, is I couldn't get it off my mind and neither could she. And so two weeks later, when I was thinking of naming the company, she was like, I really think you should name it Tiny Buffalo. And I'm a lover of words and how they sound together. Um, and so like, if I read a line in a book and it is like this beautiful sentence, like I want to have a wall in my house where I like paint those sentences on my wall. Like, that's how I am. Like, I, it's weird. I'm sorry. But <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> but Tiny Buffalo just sounded so good to me. And then I started thinking of, like, I liked the way it rolled off the tongue, but I also started thinking of, like, I wanted to be this, like, boutique agency. So, like, tiny, but, like, have big results, Buffalo, <laughs> you know? And so my first tagline was, um, personal attention, big solutions. And it's still sort of, that's what it is. It it's is. just for my artist community. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's such a cute little name. You that's should so definitely, sweet. you should not change it. No, I love it. <laughs> and it kind of has a whimsical nature, which I feel like, yeah. um, there's a like kind of a whimsical side to me. Like I'm trying to be yeah. more sophisticated. Um, but there's always this little part that isn't so which is I, probably how artists feel too right so it's a nice little yeah I love that okay so now that we've decided that we're sticking with tiny buffalo <laughs> I think <laughs> you think and now that you've made this transition how has that been how has it felt internally to you and how has it affected the performance i guess and the outcome of your business um are you talking about it like a peaceful standpoint or yeah i mean peaceful but like have you seen the business grow in a different way now that you have a very specific thing that you're doing Oh, yeah. I think that uh, my income has been more consistent, um, and which as a business owner has been great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I can expect that I'll make a certain amount each month, which, you know, has, isn't always the case. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think my the pipeline of people that are coming into my or or the group or the group of artists that are coming into my pipeline has increased. And because I'm speaking to one kind of person, I feel like my Instagram account has grown faster. I feel like I have way more people booking calls. So, yes, I feel like I have I have a way, way more room to grow. But I feel like it's been so much easier to grow the business because I have a singular focus. I feel the same exact way. Yeah. yeah. And like my lead magnet, my growing my email list has been way easier. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like it was the it was the decision to make. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be hard. I've been reading Atomic Habits. It's like, you don't have to make life hard on yourself. If you can make it easier on yourself, go ahead and do it. <laughs> like that right. is a way to do it. And yeah. then, okay, internally, 
peaceful wise, have you felt less like chaotic and, you know, everywhere? Like, how have you felt internally? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a sense of being a business owner where you're, you're never quite finished. And I, I, yeah. I do, that isn't a very peaceful feeling, yeah. but I'll talk about how I combat that um, a little <laughs> bit later. But um, I think, you know, like what I was saying earlier, there is a, a piece because I have a singular focus and I don't mm. feel frazzled by like being in all these different industries and feeling like I, I only have surface level knowledge of each of these industries. It feels very good to dive deep into one industry, have a singular focus. Um, be, and then the cool thing is, is that you know, one of my clients recently called me part therapist, part marketing whiz. And I actually changed my Insta bio to that because I was like, really, when you know an industry well, people are coming to you and asking you for advice and artists are super sensitive. Um, it's a vulnerable work, you know, to put yourself out there over and over again and, and have people maybe not like your work or a collection release not go as well as you wanted it to. And so there's a real piece in being able to like know the industry well enough, even from year to year to say, Hey, like, um, other artists are saying the same thing. It's not just you and being able to sort of comfort people because I know enough now to do that. And so I think, internally too that's part of using my gifts because i'm a i'm a people person um so yeah totally feel less frazzled and like i'm doing a better job for my people and that's gives me a great sense of accomplishment and peace yeah i love all of that and i that was another thing that you said at the beginning that you just brought back which is great that i want to talk about which is just the and this is a whole nother conversation so we're not going to go down the rabbit hole but the extra things that you offer on top of just your services and offers it's like people will actually hire you like you said like with me it's like i've stuck with you because of how you work and how much i trust you so it's not mm -hmm. about like the actual service and so it's so valuable to have that extra thing that people are coming to you for and that's probably what they're actually going to mm -hmm. stay for mm -hmm. so i love that you have that and also just the piece of feeling confident in knowing the industry is something that i've also found peace in because i can be like yeah i mean i've worked with a lot of other influencers especially when i'm first talking to someone because it's such a niche strange industry that is like very uncharted which is probably similar to you mm -hmm. especially with like selling not through a third party mm -hmm. so being able to talk to a client and be like yeah i've worked with other people i know exactly how your world is like i understand your world and to just be able to say that to someone feels so valuable to me mm -hmm. oh yeah and i think we're all sort of you know the the, the nice thing about working remotely or or whatever is you know, you're flexible and you um, have a quiet space to work and you can set your own schedule. But the downside is, is you're not in community. And I think um, I miss out on that 
a lot, which is why I'm going to a networking event after this. <laughs> but for my artists, for my clients, they're often working in isolation too. And so yeah. just having somebody on their team that yeah. they can bounce ideas off of and they can, you know, it may not even be part of, you know, our marketing strategy, but right. just for them to be able to talk to me is like yeah. very relieving for them. Yeah. That's so true. I relate to that a lot. This is so good, Julie. Thank you for sharing. I feel like you just dropped so much wisdom. So thank you for sharing your story oh, and your experience. Yeah. And my last question for you today <laughs> is what is bringing you peace right now? Mm, yes. So one of the benefits of being a business owner is you, you can set your own schedule. So, um, my husband and I had a little heart to heart and a few months ago and he was like, you need to take Fridays off <laughs> and he takes Fridays off. So it is a lovely day of just him and I connecting and me putting away the work, which really gives me a three day weekend Yeah, so that when I come back to work on Monday morning, I'm like, I do feel like I've been able to put it out of my mind. And that is a really peaceful feeling. Um, it allows me to be really present with my family, you know, and it also allows me not to have to do everything on Saturday, you know, because mm -hmm. when I was working Monday through Friday, I felt like grocery shopping had to be done and cleaning and like soccer games and like everything was happening on this one day. And now Friday, you know, that I take Fridays off. I just feel like it's just a much more peaceful existence. So that's been really helping me um, on my business journey for sure. I love that. Yeah, you can. So why not? We yeah. love it. We don't have to fit into the norms. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. And honestly, I feel like it's been received well. Like nobody's beating down my door on a Friday anyway. That so, is um, like so true. It's it's like you're scared of making a transition, but it's like nobody that actually is. You know, I think about like, okay, I'm going to take off Labor Day. Well, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal because all of my clients want to take that day right. off too. <laughs> like nobody really wants to talk anyway. So. Right, right. <laughs> it's probably going to be fine. So I love that. Well, thank you. I cannot wait to share this episode with everybody and also to celebrate your new show that's coming out soon. So. Yay. I will link all of your social website. And if the podcast is out, I will link everything in the description so people can find you. And we'll be talking soon. Great. <laughs> it was wonderful to be with you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Don't forget to connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And we would love it if you would leave a review wherever you're listening. We'll see you next week for more tips for how to become a peaceful entrepreneur.